Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. One of the staple characteristics of American schools is inclusion. Cultural inclusion, ethnic inclusion, and of course, learning inclusion. It's an attribute that defines the American educational philosophy, which is at the center of the ACS Athens mission. The values served by the school have been closely related to this inclusion for many, many years. Since the early 80s, our guest today has offered her services to the cause of inclusion, the right to learn of every child, and assisting students with learning differences in a fundamental level. Christiana Perakis Evloyas, or Miss Perakis, as everyone has called her all these years before she retired in 2018, has left her mark not only to her students, who left the school to become successful members of the society, but also to the way of thinking of every teacher and the entire educational philosophy of ACS Athens. Chris Perakis continues to be involved through our Diagnostic Learning Center, advising those who assess and evaluate students, not whether they can learn, but how they can learn in a better, more meaningful and impactful way for their lives. With Chris Perakis, today we discuss what is learning inclusion, learning differences, what's in a term, developing lifetime friendships with your students, the taboo of admitting a learning difference for your child. How did nine annual conferences change the way a community sees differentiation? Can someone with learning differences be successful in life? The role of the shadow teacher and teaching and lifelong learning. You go into an elevator that goes to the 10th floor. Alongside comes another person and asks, what is learning inclusion? You only have until you reach the 10th floor. So in a very slow elevator, which is about a minute, what do you respond? Inclusion is everything. Everyone included, everyone appreciated, everyone finding their own way. And if you're a teacher, if they cannot learn the way you teach, then you have to teach them the way they learn. In this world, we need to be accepted. We're all equal. Therefore, it doesn't matter what color you are, what learning difference you have, where you come from, everyone is equal. That's my inclusion. Everyone included in everything we do. That's less than a minute, which means that you are still in the eighth floor. Equality or equity? I would say a little bit of both. It depends on where you're coming from. Uh, the values of the place that you're coming from, uh, where you have been brought up, I think you need to have a balance of both to be able to uh, have inclusion. You have recently retired, but you are as active around ACS Athens as before, even more sometimes. What keeps you going? What keeps you still so involved to the school activities? 
Mr. Papadakis, as you know, ACS has been my home away from home for 40 years. Uh, as an institution, uh, a family, a community of learners, it has taught me to give as much as I take. And I have taken so much from this institution in the eyes of the children because every student is unique. And the most uh, cases that you think you cannot reach, they find their way and become independent going off to college, inviting you to their weddings, uh, inviting you to celebrations, letting you know when they have uh, children and then their children come to school and point at you and say, oh, she was my mom's teacher. How can you get away from such an environment that gives you so much life, gives you a sense of where we're going towards? It's an experience in itself. I wouldn't change it for the world. You said before, if students do not learn from the way we teach, maybe we need to change the way we teach. Maybe we need to teach differently, hence learning differences. So what does the term learning differences mean to you? Learning differences means we are, are different. We all learn differently. Some of us learn to read faster than others. Some of us like to write than others. Some are good with hands-on activities. We all cannot be doctors and lawyers in this world. We just have to follow our passions, see what we like to do, and that will lead us on a way of what we want to do. I know it's been a few years since you first joined ACS Athens as an educator. Just a few. Just a few. Do you often reflect at that time the first the first years what what brought you to ACS Athens and more importantly what kept you all these years when i first moved to greece i had an appointment with the director of northeast south asian schools nisa i was supposed to be his executive secretary coming from the united states so i thought that was quite interesting to be able to connect with other international schools see the world on this side of the planet and on the day of our appointment, he had to postpone our appointment because he was traveling. And he says to me, why don't you go to ACS Athens? My good friend, Dr. Dorbees, just called me this morning, has an opening. And why don't you go and see if you qualify uh, and you might be interested in being there? What was the opening for? It was a sixth grade teacher. Okay, so you came as a sixth grade teacher. I did. I came in the middle school. So I first walked in and uh, Dr. Dorbees uh, asked me all these questions. And next thing I knew, I had a job at ACS Athens. I think the environment, the students, the international flair that the school had gave me that sense of belonging, being in a place away from the States. It was an international setting. And just the laughter of the children just gave me a better sense of what I would like to be. Instead of an office, I would like to be in a classroom. And did that's you, where it all started. Did you teach in the States before you came here? For one year. For one year. For and one then year. Six, sixth grade teacher for how long? I think it was about a decade that I was a middle school teacher teaching sixth grade language arts. Uh, it was Mako's Manif course of study. 
Then I was teaching creative writing, Greek life and culture, home economics, grade seven math. And then I started putting learning centers together for students that learn differently. But at that time, 40 years ago or 30 years ago, it wasn't that known and they did not understand the commitment that one needed to have to help students that learn differently. So I always ended up going back to the classroom. Then I went to teaching science and then... From language arts to science. And that's what happens when you have double and triple degrees. <laughs> you are flexible enough to teach a different subject area. Flexibility is the key, especially when we talk about learning differences. Definitely. So uh, the school has established itself through the years as a pioneer in recognizing, addressing, and rejecting the taboos of learning differences. Many parents have come to the school desperately looking to find needed support for their children. Were parents always so forthcoming when it came to addressing the learning differences of their children? What, what is your experience through the years you headed the Optimal Learning Support Program, or as it used to be the Optimal Match? It was the Optimal Match, but no, I think in Greece, being in Greece was a taboo saying that my child learns differently. We parents... It was not even an expression. It wasn't an expression. And when I first came to Greece, I was wondering what happened to those that are handicapped because there was no wheelchairs. I did not see any wheelchairs and I still see very few today. I did not see anyone that had uh, other disabilities, you know, um, mental IQ and things like that. So I wondered what was Greece doing, but what was that they actually were doing? They were hiding them in the house. They were not acceptable to go out and what would their friends and the community say about them? When we opened the Optimal Match program, I think 15, 20 years ago here at ACS Athens, we started with about 22 students that had an identified learning difference. Of course, I'm sure there were a lot more at that time at the school, but uh, assessments and identification was not something that was done, uh, not properly, but not as a regular basis. Once they saw the students growing in different directions, because we looked at what they were good at and we uh, helped them through to build their weaknesses, um, more and more parents came forward with, you know, some prominent families and others that would say, we need help. And they slowly began telling us what the issues were and together we tried to put a program together that suited their needs. So I've seen students that not even their parents believe they can actually graduate from high school. They went off to college and have double degrees. So I think if we give students a chance, if we looked at the student and not at the label, what their difference is, then they will become independent and be successful citizens of our world. Starting in uh, 2007, uh, you led the organizing of an annual conference series on learning differences that kept going for nine years. Uh, and that brought the international education community together. Uh, we had parents, teachers, and specialists from around the world participate in lectures, workshops, and presentations on how to address a fundamental question, how do children learn? 
Can you reflect to the results of these conferences? Has there been a profound moment when you said, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing? I think building awareness is a key because if people are ignorant, then we cannot expect them to do anything. Uh, I think most of the time, it's not that people don't want to help. It's that they don't know how to help. Therefore, you have to lead by example. Give them real case study scenarios. Show them um, real case studies. And tell them it's okay if they fail the first time, but they just have to keep going. Once they build this relationship with a student, then mutually they find a common ground to help each other. Many of the speakers in the past we're still in contact with, they recalled that sense of community and, and care that our school had, and also that ACS was a pioneer in sharing information with other schools because we're a close community and the learning is kept in the classroom or in the school building. We were the ones that opened the doors and said, we have these professionals, come and let us show you how to help other students as well. Because it's well known that no one institution can help all the students that have a learning difference. So these conferences helped in the awareness part of uh getting to know what learning differences are. Yes, it did. And then the students that happened to be in our school during those years, I vividly remember uh, one of the students uh, that sang in our conference, and he wasn't a very good student, but boy, did he have a voice like Frank Sinatra when he sang, I did it my way. And I had all the teachers were in tears because they saw students in a different way. They saw their abilities and not what they were not able to do. So I think everyone once in a while needs to be reminded that we're all different. We all need to be included. And I think ACS Athens had the opportunity to showcase this, that they truly care. And they wish they were able to take a lot more students on but there is a limit. I hope other institutions see us as an example and they promote the same values and help all the students in their school as well. And that was also an opportunity for professional development for our own teachers. If I remember correctly, most of our teachers were part of all the workshops, all the different activities. Uh, so that was another way of promoting the idea that education is for everybody. It's true. Every single person, specialists and teachers, educators were involved. Uh, there was a choice for them to make what they wanted to learn more about. If this was how to help students that had an attention issue or they were not good with note taking or they had a shadow teacher in the classroom, if they had a tantrum, it really depended on the situation. But it was an opportunity for teachers to also open up and say, I need help. Where's my support system? And they found support systems through the school, and they're still working pretty actively and closely together. Because it's a team effort to help students. And I always say team is uh, together each achieves more, and a student needs to hear one voice and not 10 different ones. 
You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. All the research points to the fact that everyone learns in a different way, as you said. Schools tend to offer their educational services always based on an educational model or curriculum or paradigm or system, whatever you call it. Have you identified all these years something that unifies everything and provides meaning to all the children, no matter how they learn? It's a personal connection. A personal connection that they feel a safe environment where they can make mistakes, a way that they can exhibit what they know, but not through paper and pencil. They can act it out or they could do a project or they could do a video script or or whatever they can do, but not just a one way of exhibiting what they know, giving them opportunities to show their innovation and creativity. Sometimes, if not more of the time, our students know a lot more than what we do. Do learning differences play any role, impede or promote someone's ability to be successful? Uh, I'm sure you have many examples of students that crossed your path through the years. What kind of conclusions can you draw from these students? Every student can be successful. I've seen students that were stigmatized or labeled in their school years that are CEOs. They're in the media field. I have a student that recently wrote to me. His passion was music in high school and not what we were doing in in class. And I wouldn't let him start class till he sang for me. And just recently, he wrote back to me and he said, After you believed in me, Nikolopoulos also believed in me, and now I'm singing with him here in Greece, the composer. So believing in kids, allowing them to follow their passions and guiding them along the way is what's it all about. All of your children have gone through ACS Athens. Yes, they have. How did their experience from the school define them in what they do today? I think being in an international school, the American education uh, has given them a broader idea of what the world is like. So they're able to work anywhere and study anything they wanted to. One's a psychologist. I'm not sure that's what he's going to pursue because he also has other interests. Uh, the other one was a business, he studied business management, but he's working at a resort and he's doing pretty well. Business. Business. And my daughter who never wanted to follow my footsteps because she was seeing how many hours I, and care I put into my students, myself studied, uh, economics and finance in college, but then she got her master's in teaching. And administration. So and she still doesn't want to do what you do? No, I think she's a, an exceptional teacher from what her students and the parents that she's been in contact with is. So I guess you have to do what you have to do and then your children do watch you closely and they do what they thought they didn't want to do. You're always an example of Lead your team. by example. Currently, you're active in the Educational Testing Center. Uh, what does the center have as its primary objective nowadays? 
I think the primary objective is to help the student because ACS has always been student-centered. So the testing services are to help the student, not to find out what's wrong with them or what they're, of course, we want to see what they're good at so we can help them build up their weaknesses. So once the assessment is finished, it's really important that the student understands what the assessment says, what they're good at, what they need to work with, the parents, and of course, the educators teaching the student. So if everyone is on the same page, there's no way of losing that student. And in the long run, it's a successful path. Recently, you participated in a video series for the Institute of ACS Athens, training sessions for teachers, shadow teachers, and parents. If there is a dedicated support program in the school for learning differences, why train regular teachers or parents? Because it's important. It has to be a clear and transparent communication so everybody understands what the role of the shadow teacher is. The shadow teacher is an important role for the student that needs it. It's an equal member of the community. Often they have a psychology degree, they're teachers or another paraprofessional, could be a speech therapist. It really depends what that student needs. And we have established at the school a wonderful way of trying to pair up good matches for the student that needs them. Therefore, the teacher needs to understand who this other person is in their classroom. They're not there to judge what they're doing, but to support the child that might need them to describe or explain something to them or ask them to step out of class if they're misbehaving, whatever they need. The parent needs to understand what their role is, so they're not babysitters at school. They're co-teachers, and hopefully in the future, the term shadow will change to something that describes it more of what their role actually is. And of course, a shadow teacher needs to understand the school that they are working at, what the philosophy is, what their role is, what they can do and can do. So if everybody's on the same page, then the student will win at the end. So it's very close to what we call the golden triangle again. It is the golden triangle, correct. Through the many conferences, trips, and presentations you have participated, have you ever met someone or hear something so profound that made you rethink your approach to learning? Over the years, yes, we do hear many things that you can actually put into action depending on the situation. But I think uh, in the recent three or four years, Carol Ann Tomlinson, who I think she's very high um, professional in differentiation, she and I uh, did a conference together in Paris for International Teachers four years ago. And as I was sitting there and she was talking and the questions started coming in, she turned around and she says, you ask Chris, she knows, she's been in the classroom, she's doing it. I'm a researcher and working in college. So this gave me the idea that I am valued more than I thought I was. It gave me wings to keep going. And when I hear things like this, uh, the Greek university professors, sometimes I'm invited to university, uh, for example, University of Crete, and 
one of my friends there said to me, let me tell you something. Says some other colleagues didn't think was a good idea that you came down because you don't have a PhD. But I told them the experience that you have and the work in the classroom with students goes beyond their degrees. So if you feel passionate enough in what you're doing, if you believe in the children you're working with because they're the future, you have to be able to find ways to support them no matter what their learning difference is, no matter anything. Just see them and help them grow. You should have referred them to your colleague uh, in Paris who was a researcher and was asking your opinion because you're a practitioner. Sir Ken Robinson, the late renowned British author, speaker, and international advisor on education had said, the fact is that given the challenges we face, education doesn't need to be reformed. It needs to be transformed. The key to this transformation is not to standardize education, but to personalize it, to build achievement on discovering the individual talents of its child, to put students in an environment where they want to learn and where they can naturally discover their true passions. How does this compare to your philosophy in education? I haven't heard of this quote for many years, but as you're reading it to me, it, it really uh, touches close to my heart. Have you ever considered an alternate career away from teaching or education? I wouldn't change it for the world. I think there was something that um, inner voice, anything I did or try to do, even at home, I would always think about my students and how I was going to make them uh, learn and enjoy learning to become lifelong learners. And I think from what I see now and the connection I still have with my students, I did the right thing. Ms. Paragas, thank you so much for being with us. Please keep up the good work. Thank you, Mr. Papadakis. My pleasure. You are listening to the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio. Thank you.